This is Beach Weekly. You're listening to Season 11, Episode 5 of Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State's student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. It's Monday, September 18th, 2023, and we're here with you on your walk to class, giving you the news you need to start your week. I'm your host, Leigh Madrigal. Stay with us to learn more about the official CSU tuition increase, psychological services on campus, and floods in Libya that left the country in complete destruction. Let's begin with campus news. The Counseling and Psychological Services Department on campus, also known as CAPS, offers free mental health help to all enrolled students. Students can opt for one-on-one sessions, group sessions, Zoom meetings, or in-person meetings with a counselor. The CAPS program director, Amanda DeLuera Morales, says that the wait time in between scheduling an appointment and seeing a counselor is about two weeks. If students need more urgent help, CAPS will place them with a crisis counselor or an affiliated contracted after-hours service. The CAPS team on campus consists of 20 qualified counselors. Their office is located on the second floor of Brotman Hall in room 226, where hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Now we'll move on to what's happening statewide. The CSU Board of Trustees voted last Wednesday to approve the proposed 6% tuition increase that would take place over the next five years. The 6% increase for all CSU campuses would begin in the fall of 2024 and end in 2029. The vote ended with 15 votes in support of the increase and five against. The increase was proposed and approved in an effort to close a $1.5 billion budget gap. It is projected that the tuition increase will bring $840 million over the five years. Executive Vice Chancellor and Chief Financial Officer for the CSU System, Steve Relier, says that students whose tuition is paid for by non-loan financial aid will not be affected by the tuition hike. He says that the revenue generated by the tuition increase will increase financial aid by $49 million. Students were consistently protesting the tuition increase in the days leading up to the vote. Students organized a huge protest outside of the trustee meeting in Long Beach last Tuesday. Many students also spoke out during public comment at the meeting to oppose the tuition increase. Most fast food workers in California will get a mandatory raise starting April 1, 2024, that would increase their minimum wage to $20 an hour. This wage increase was announced last Monday, September 11th, under a deal between labor unions and the fast food industry. A majority of fast food workers in California are paid $15.50 an hour, the state's minimum wage. This mandatory raise would increase workers' earnings by around $5 an hour. It applies only to fast food restaurants that have over 60 locations throughout the country, and the raise would not apply to workers who work at restaurants that have a bakery and sell bread as a single menu item. Last September, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law that established a fast food council in California that consists of 10 members who have the power to set standards for wages, hours, and working conditions for fast food workers in the state. The council was given the ability to raise fast food wages to a maximum of $22 an hour. The fast food industry has a chance to stop the law from going into effect. If enough signatures against the wage increase are gathered to qualify for a referendum on the law, it could be put on hold until the 2024 election for voters to decide its fate. Next, national news. Five former Memphis police officers were indicted by a federal grand jury for the death of Tyree Nichols, which happened in January of this year. Nichols was pulled over in a traffic stop, dragged out of his car, and then pepper sprayed and tased before he tried to run away on foot. The officers caught up with him and proceeded to punch, kick, and batter him. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition where he died three days later. 
Each former officer was charged with excessive force, deliberate indifference, and evidence tampering as they tried to limit what evidence was picked up by their body cameras. They are also facing criminal court charges for second-degree murder, aggravated assault, oppression, and misconduct for failing to alert dispatchers that medical attention was necessary. All five former officers are pleading not guilty to the charges against them. One of them, Emmett Martin, appeared in court last week and was released on an unsecured $50,000 bond, which means he only has to pay if he does not appear in court. The five are expected to appear in court this Thursday on September 21st. They will also appear before a Tennessee state court the following day. Danilo Cavalcante, a murderer charged for killing his ex-girlfriend in front of her children in 2021, escaped from a Pennsylvania jail on August 31st and was found last Wednesday, September 13th. He made his way around Chester County, Pennsylvania for two weeks, where he broke into homes for food, stole a van and a rifle, and tried to change his appearance to avoid being caught. An aerial thermal imaging camera sensed him hiding behind a John Deere store in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, where authorities released search dogs on him. He tried to escape, but the dogs prevented him from running as one bit his scalp and another latched onto his leg. Cavalcante has tried to escape the consequences of murder once before. He is wanted in Brazil for the alleged murder of someone who owed him money in 2017. Authorities believe he killed his girlfriend in Pennsylvania because she threatened to tell police about his crimes in Brazil. Upon his arrest, Cavalcante told authorities that he was planning to carjack someone using the stolen rifle to escape to Canada. He was charged with felony escape and relocated to a maximum security prison in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. In international news, Tropical Storm Daniel has brought mass devastation and left neighborhoods in Libya debris-ridden and ruined, with corpses lining the streets. Ongoing search efforts have left rescuers to estimate that the death toll is as high as 20,000 as of Thursday, September 14th. The Prime Minister of Eastern Libya is requesting that the entire affected area, mainly the city of Derna, be closed off to the public due to health concerns. He says that the large number of decomposing bodies is not healthy for people to be exposed to, and decaying bodies will have negative effects on the environment. According to the World Health Organization, 3,460 corpses have been recovered and over 11,000 deaths are confirmed so far since the storm hit on September 10th. Another 10,000 people are reported missing. No evacuation alerts were issued even as the intensity of the storm was well understood. The United Nations World Meteorological Organization claims that if evacuation notices were in order, the damage caused could have been prevented. Hospitals in Derna are completely destroyed, so injured or sick people cannot receive medical attention. Undetonated explosives and unstable artillery weapons in the area are another threat to the local population. This tragedy is so catastrophic that the two rival sides of Libya, the east and the west, are uniting to mitigate damages. The western Libyan government sent ships to the east to provide assistance for at least the next 60 days. Several other countries, including Turkey, Italy, Algeria, and Egypt, are also sending humanitarian aid. We'll finish with a quick headline. On September 7th, actor Danny Masterson, well known for his role on That 70s Show, was sentenced 30 years to life in prison for raping two women in the early 2000s. Masterson was accused of sexual assault by three separate victims who said he took advantage of each of them in his Los Angeles home after drugging their drinks. The investigation on Masterson began in 2017 when the victims came forward. Like Masterson, the victims were Scientologists and said that the Church of Scientology tried to pressure them not to go to police with their claims against Masterson. There is controversy surrounding the letters of support that Masterson has received from numerous celebrities like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. In these letters, Masterson is praised and referred to as a role model. The judge assigned to his trial received over 50 letters of support trying to decrease his sentence. 
Masterson will be eligible for parole when he is 77 years old. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beach Weekly. And a special thank you to our editor, Julia Goldman, and our producers, Al Nicklin and Aiden Swanepoel. As always, if you want to read up on some of the stories covered today, along with so much more, you can head over to our website, daily49er.com. To make sure you're up to date with everything that happens on Long Beach State Campus, you can follow our socials at Daily49er. We appreciate you listening, and you'll hear from me again next week.